Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Baby Bowl 2020 podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm your host, Wes Easley. You can find me on Twitter at Loafinit. And of course, I am joined, as always, every single week by my buddy Rob Norton at Norton0723 on Twitter. How are you doing tonight, Bob? I'm going to call you Bob tonight. Is that okay? Yeah, whatever you want to do. That works for me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Do a lot of do a lot of people call you Bob? No, not not really. I haven't uh, adopted that one for my dad yet. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see as time goes on. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll uh, start to kick in more and more as I start losing more hair. Well, I, I, see, I, I asked I asked our host, our co-host here tonight, if that was actually short for Rob, and I thought it was, but I, I got really confused because I'm like, man, I called you Robert one week, I call you Rob normally, and then I was like, Bob is short for Robert. How come Robert has so many uh, shorter, shortened names and and nicknames? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about that too. I was like, you know, I I get called all all of them at this point, so. Um, you know, it, it, like you said, it, it does have a lot of shortened nicknames. I've been called a lot of things in my life, but never one of them. <laughs> you know, it's not not nearly as nice as just your first name. So I said, <laughs> hey, yeah, I guess uh, I was gonna say it could be worse. <laughs> oh, I, I've been called a lot worse by better. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Rob, I appreciate you doing all the Baby Bowl stuff, and you have put together a wonderful contest. And this week, we have got somebody new joining us who won for the very first time. He's been in contention, I think, or a couple of different weeks anyway. I think in our our little mixed chat that we had going on before the show, he said that this week he won because he didn't overthink it. And I, I am guilty of that every single time. But let me bring in Ben C. On Twitter, you can find him, the extra point FF. How you do tonight, Ben? Good, fellas. How's it going tonight? Going great. Going good for me. Going good for me. I'm talking to uh, to two wonderful men who are delighting me and uh, amusing me with fantasy football. So I'm doing well. Yeah, same. I appreciate you having me on. It's, uh, I mean, you can't beat it on a Wednesday night, uh, you know, chatting fantasy football with you guys. So happy to be here. And you said that in the feed that you didn't overthink things. Now, is that what you typically do? Like you'll set your lineup and then you'll rethink it and change it or just, you know, just throughout the week, you're like, oh, I just don't know what I'm, I'm going to change it up a million times. How do you normally go about setting that baby bowl lineup? Yeah, I mean, I, I try to live by the uh, the set it and forget it moniker, but, um, you know, that doesn't usually work out by the time you wake up on Sunday morning and the news starts rolling in, you know, you start uh, start tinkering. I think Rob may have coined that phrase back in the beginning of the season in our big baby bowl group chat. And uh, I mean, it couldn't be more true, I think, with any uh, fantasy football, um, you know, uh, type of competition that I've done, maybe more so than baby bowl, because. I mean, you're always kind of questioning whether or not a guy's going to go off that week or if it's the right matchup to play him in. And, uh, I mean, I've definitely been guilty of it um, throughout the season. And uh, I think this this week um, just so happened to be my best week. And I was fortunate enough, I guess, to be out of town for a few days. And I was on the road <laughs> on Sunday morning. I set my lineup, and I basically didn't, didn't mess with it. So I think it was uh, maybe just the vacation and clearing my head a little bit. I don't know what it was, but... Uh, I definitely did a lot less tinkering and more just kind of setting it on Sunday morning and just letting it ride. Boy, you can't you can overthink those things a lot of times. How much do you overthink things, Rob? Because I know you come out with that article <laughs> and you do a lot of dissecting throughout the week and everything. How much do you overthink stuff? Oh, I'm I'm 
extremely guilty of being a tinker. I mean, it's always one of my favorite things, you know, when we get each guest on here is, you know, talking about um, asking them their process and how they go about it. So I always find it interesting because, you know, some people are, they, they set it early and that's it. Or some people don't, don't even mess with it until the end of the week. They just set it once on a Sunday morning. And for me, I, uh, you know, I, I usually set it early and then I kind of, I check in every day. And I, I mean, I do this with basically every single league I'm in. I, I mean, I check in every day, look at the waiver wire. Um, and obviously with this, there's no waiver wire, but you know, I check in on this every day and uh, you know, go, go about, see if I, like this guy better or this. And then, you know, as the, as the week goes on, I do different research and I end up changing it 10, 15 times sometimes. And, you know, it comes down to it. And I'm just hoping that by the end of it, I have a, enough information and I made the best decisions with that information. Yeah, Ben, I I know you've probably heard the podcast once or twice, and I've admitted many times that what I'm guilty of more than anything else is not necessarily overthinking but trying to outsmart the entire room, you know, the whole the whole entire baby bowl uh, group that we have. I, I try to outsmart that room by going with the person who <laughs> nobody else is going to pick. So <laughs> that's what I'm guilty of. And it's usually the, you know, the, the bottom feeders is what it is. And I'm like, oh, he's going <laughs> off this week. And so I just put him in there and I roll with it, man. I roll with it. That's what I'm yeah. mostly guilty of. Man. Yeah, Wes, I was going to say you're the you're uh, yours is the galaxy brain situation. <laughs> That you see everyone always post about. You know, it, it's nope. funny you say that, West. If you don't mind me chiming in for a second, it's um, you know, I almost feel like I feel the same way too, and I almost wonder if we've just got like a, a strong enough group of you know individuals competing in this thing that it, it seems like whenever I I feel that way about a player, all of a sudden I'll check the rosters that week, and you know that guy's fifty percent owned, and it's like, well, clearly I wasn't the only one thinking that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and what I'm getting worried about now is as I set my week 10 player elimination baby bowl lineup here, I'm looking at it and I'm going, man, I still got a lot of players left to to use. I actually, I, I think I do actually. And I'm afraid that I'm going to get to like week 15 and go, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to use CMC by the time this thing's all over with. You know, that's because I'm just throwing those, <laughs> I'm throwing those crazy guys in there. I'm just throwing those guys in there. Like this week, I'll probably put that Chicago running back in there that caught a touchdown pass last week. I, that's just what I'm going to end up doing. <laughs> hey, Ben, I uh, trolled you a little bit before we get into your lineup here. I just, I, I trolled you a little bit. Now, don't get too excited. I didn't slide into your DMs or anything, <laughs> but uh I saw something about a Detroit Lions game where it had pictures of, of maybe you and a kid on there on your pinned tweet. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if uh, if you follow me at all on Twitter, you definitely know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Lions fan first before fantasy football or anything else. And uh, um, from the Detroit area, um, recently relocated. But um, this was actually the the post you're talking about was from the Lions training camp last summer. So summer of 2019, um, back when we were all lucky enough to be able to, you know, participate Mm. in events like that. Um, I I was fortunate enough to, uh, I guess be, uh, I don't want to say victim, I guess whatever the opposite of a victim is, but uh, fortunate to be part of a, a viral tweet that, um, kind of caught wind within, I guess, uh, what you would consider the Lions Twitter community. And I mean, Mm. even though it's kind of outside of it, but, um, my uh i took my family to training camp last year and i have two young boys um they're seven and four and my oldest is a huge uh matthew stafford fan in particular but he's a lions fan as well just like myself and uh um 
we were fortunate enough to get to meet Matthew Stafford at training camp in a little bit of a one-on-one um, autograph session. And uh, it was all because of a, a tweet that went viral just by me saying, hey, we're going to be at training camp, tag the Lions in it. A bunch of people retweeted it and uh, their Lions social media caught wind of it and actually got a hold of me directly and, and set up a little meet and greet with my family and I. That no, that's that is really cool. That's awesome. I bet your your son was just glowing for days after meeting Matthew Stafford, his quarterback hero. Yeah, it's funny. Um, like he when he was first learning numbers, I tell you what, honestly, number nine became his favorite number. And anytime we'd walk through a grocery store, he he, he would point it out. He's like, Dad, you know, there's number nine. There's Matthew Stafford's number, and you know, looking <laughs> in the aisles and things like that. And it was just like that was the you know the the kid he is and the kid he was kind of kind of coming up and um the really cool thing about the whole experience is that um, he was in kindergarten, um, I guess at the time or just prior to, you know, the end of the summer that year or the beginning of the summer that year. And one of the assignments that he had to do was um, to basically write, you know, a couple little short sentences about somebody that he knew a lot about. And of course he chose Matthew Stafford. Um, So (laughs) that was part of my initial tweet that I had sent out um, just kind of asking for some support to try to meet him at training camp and uh, um, the lions PR staff and uh, like their social media staff, they actually printed out that picture and gave it to Matthew Stafford to sign for him. So he actually has like a, like a nice printed like copy of the picture that he drew and like the little sentences that he wrote signed by Matthew Stafford framed in his room now. Oh, that that no, that's that's really really cool. And I uh, you got two boys, I suppose that's what I heard you say. And Rob, I know you got a little boy. I, I have girls. Okay, I've got girls, and I'm probably on the opposite side of things with, than you are, Ben. Because my 13 year old daughter, she's always liked football a little bit because Daddy's liked football, but now she wants a Patrick Mahomes jersey. Okay. She wants. Uh, oh yeah. She wants to know how the Chiefs are doing today. She she and I always and now I started teasing her about whenever Patrick Mahomes comes on TV and stuff because she's she'll she'll make sure she's watching. You know she'll just and I, and I I am to that point now where I don't know if I like Patrick Mahomes anymore. Just to be honest with you. <laughs> now, now the father instincts start kicking in a little bit. <laughs> This is true. Hey, Rob, this week, uh, Ben, you know, we Ben won, and you can find Ben C on Twitter. That's his, that's his uh, Twitter handle, Ben C, at the extra point FF on Twitter. Uh, Rob, I noticed, though, that some leaders took a little bit of hit this week. You know, uh, Joshua Chow, I think, uh, Chow Cho, I, I mispronounce that all the time. Sorry. Sorry, Joshua. Uh, but, but he took a little bit of hit, and I say that because he finished under me. Also, our guy, David Latham. Jason Polo, who I believe was up there towards the top of the ranks, he, he he finished under me. I finished at like that 70, 80 point mark or something. And what'd you get, Ben? Like 160 this week? Yeah, I think I, I ended up close to about 155, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And uh, so that means, Rob, that our leaderboard may have changed a little bit as well. Do you have our overall leader standing so far for the Baby Bowl? Yeah, so first place is uh, Matthew McCarthy still, which is it's funny because, you know, every every week he seems like he's near top five but he's never got an actual win yet and and it's it's been like a running joke that he's you know always the bridesmaid never the bride so far in in the chat so but he's still holding on to first place uh we got steve howard in second justin lay in third joshua cho still in fourth and jesse clark in fifth and then actually uh myself in sixth and ben is in seventh so 
That's uh, right. and then yeah. So um, after that, we have Jacob Dunn in eighth, Dave Heron in ninth, and then Jason Polo dropped down to tenth. But it's all really close, near the top. Yeah. And Mr. McCarthy is all, and he's he's sweating though. He's sweating because he says he's running out of players. You know, he, he's like, I have no running backs left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the unique part about this is you know seeing, you know, it'll be interesting these next uh, few weeks to see what uh, people who have used a lot of studs uh, turn to, and then the people who have saved players see if they can make a run. Yeah, and I'm 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 counting on my fingers. Like, how many weeks are left? Okay, I, I gotta I gotta put these yeah. guys in here now. I gotta put these guys try to time it right. All right, uh, but Ben, I want to go over your lineup, and I actually have all three of them written down this time. And there's just a little bit of differences. So so Ben, you picked Josh Allen as your quarterback last week, and Rob, you did the same thing. Uh, ben, you just knew he was going to have a big week last week against Seattle, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, he struggled over the last month or so of the season, uh, at least from a fantasy perspective. And, um, you know, going up against what I think Seattle's league worst as far as points allowed to quarterbacks, um, at least up to this point, and which is surprising to me every time I see that stat because the guys they have in that secondary with Adams and Diggs and, uh, you know, some of those guys. But, uh, but yeah, it just it looked like the kind of week where, you know, it was time for him to kind of step back up. Um, I was got to be honest, I was a little torn between him and Drew Locke. That was one of those decisions that I kind of tossed between kind of the same thing. Like you said, maybe trying to be smartest guy in the room. Hey, Drew Locke, I got to play him eventually play him against Atlanta. But I think I just kind of figured, all right, you know, start your studs kind of a week and, and take a, you know, take a jump up in the rankings. Yeah, and you definitely did that, especially pairing them with Stefan Diggs. And I think that's where you and Rob kind of got separated because, Rob, you you paired him up with Cole Beasley from the Buffalo Bills. And, and that didn't work out quite as expected, I think. But everybody was projecting Cole Beasley to be the guy to own in Buffalo because the slot receiving guy was so weak for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, that's that was the thing. That was ultimately why I went that way. But and combined with the fact I've already used Diggs, so um, I couldn't I couldn't really go to Diggs. But I figured, okay, uh, this 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 week could be a really nice matchup for Beasley if he's running out of the, running out of the slot. You know, they've been getting torn apart by slot receivers to this point. So um, I figured that this is probably the best the best week to go with him barring barring any sort of injury that could boost his value up yeah and and also ben one one other guy that put you way over the top was dalvin cook you had him last week and rob you had him as well uh both of you guys put him as running back dalvin cook is just tearing up the league right now ben just tearing him up yeah it's funny i saw a stat that um over the last two weeks if you basically only took dalvin cook's last two weeks for points and paired it with everybody else on the whole season he would still rank i think as like rb 29 or sorry 23rd on the year um it just kind of goes to show just like you said the tear that he's been on the last two weeks um and you know this week deciding to play him um it's funny as we kind of talked about i'm a lions fan and and it's funny. I, I kind of always have a hard time playing guys against the Lions from a fantasy perspective because <laughs> it, it seems like you know not only obviously do I not want to root against my own team, but it seems like the Lions are one of those teams that from a fantasy perspective they they for some reason don't allow the guys that you expect to go off. You know, it's it's a smash week for Delvin Cook, and all of a sudden it's a uh, it's a Kirk Cousins week, and he's throwing to his receivers. But uh, it was just kind of one of those things where. Um, realizing some of the guys that were out for the Lions defense, Trey Flowers, um, 
and a couple other guys, I think. So just realizing that their run defense is, is clearly one of the worst in the league and they already, and, and now they're down another run defender. It was just kind of a, a plug it and forget it type of play with Cook at that point. No, and I remember at the beginning of the year, uh, I guess, and I want to say preseason, but even before then, I guess it was over the summer, he, he just had a chip on his shoulder because everybody was already handing CMC the mantle of being the best running back, and I think CMC got that contract extension or whatever, and and uh, Cook was in the middle of negotiations, and he just he said, I'm the best running back there is. And he just had that chip on his shoulder like he had something to prove. And I think when he's healthy this year, he's really come out and proved that uh, this season. All three of us took Chase Edmonds last week, and that didn't really pay off. He was kind of a uh, meh, you know, meh. And Kyler Murray's the number one running back in that league right, or in that t- for that team right now. Don't you think so, Rob? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I, I figured Edmonds would probably be the most played player this week. I mean, considering the situation, it was, you know, it looked like a great matchup. He got 28 touches. So it's not like, I mean, it's it, it was the smart play by everyone. And pl- not to mention that Kenyon Drake it might end up being back this week. It looks like he might be playing this week. So you take advantage of that play while you can. And, but like you said, Kyler, he's just scoring a rushing touchdown every week. So every time he does that, that's a that's a rushing touchdown that Edmonds and Drake previously aren't getting. So um, that's that's basically Edmonds just didn't get that uh, that touchdown. I I bought into the hasty hype, so I, that's what separated me from you guys as far as running backs go. I, I threw hasty in there, and I may have been a little too hasty in doing that. And I'm, so I'm second <laughs> I'm second guessing my Caleb my my Balage theory the, for this week right now. So I, <laughs> as I'm reminded of that, as I look for hasty right there, uh, yeah, that was really disappointing. I, Kyle Shanahan, I you, you can't you can't believe anything that man says. All right, so you both had I had Keenan. You know, no, 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 Ben, you had Keenan Allen. You put him in there too. So you had had three big big dogs if you four including Stefan Diggs Keenan Allen though man what he's gotten like uh, 15 targets every single game for the whole entire year I think that's what it averages out to be I'm exaggerating <laughs> a little bit but he he is just being a target monster right now is he not Ben yeah I mean ever since uh, uh Justin Herbert took over at, at quarterback there I mean Keenan Allen's been uh, I mean I don't have a stat in front of me that says it but he's got to be um at least a top 10 wide receiver with Justin Herbert there and you know it's funny I kind of had a feeling that if those that hadn't played Keenan Allen this week may have been may off have been a little off. bit because he had that uh a sore throat thought he might have COVID you know that kind of situation going on prior to the game but um, I think for me, it was just kind of maybe one of those weird gut feelings where it seems like maybe a, a situation to avoid, but based on the matchup, it was like, all right, you know, he's, he's healthy. He's good to go sore throat or not. And, uh, I mean, he's got a quarterback that's just feeding him the ball, like you said, and, um, kind of put myself in that position this week, like I said, where I just kind of wanted to maybe, uh, maybe go all in a little bit on some of the studs and, and maybe use some of them up after seeing some of the injuries over the last few weeks. And, uh, and obviously Keenan Allen was one that, that certainly hit for me. I think he ended up with about 25 points um, yeah. on the week in the baby bowl with the scoring we've got there. So definitely was a, was a smash play there. Rob, you and I played that Thursday night special of Trent Taylor <laughs> as well. I, I went all in on the 49ers. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> <laughs> But Taylor yeah, didn't. We picked the wrong niner. We picked the wrong forty nine er wide receiver. Is what we did. Yeah, that one was frustrating. You know, it's funny because I I debated between 
Taylor and Richie James for a long time, like both in this and in a bunch of leagues I was in, you know, I had had some situations where I had some injuries. I had some situations in other leagues where I had buys and, um, you know, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, well, projected game script looks great for them to be trailing and throwing all game. Um, you know, all these guys are out. So it's, someone's got to catch passes and it's, it's going to be as like, I don't see um, J- uh, Jordan Reed playing a ton of snaps in the first game back, Ross Dwelly's okay. I was like, but one of those guys is going to catch all the passes. And, and, you know, I thought Richie James was a better athlete and a better play, mm-hmm. but I was worried because I, I believe he was kind of, he was listed questionable heading into it. So I was just worried about that situation. I thought Taylor would be the safer one. He would, he would get at least, I just figured he was going to get a ton of targets being the, the more healthy guy and being out there. And then, like you said, that one uh, really blew up in our faces. Well, I'm used to it, so that's you know, I'll, I'll I'll scoot over a little bit and let you in on the blow up in your face bus, okay? I, and then, I appreciate and, it. No problem, Ben. You had a Rob for the Bears. I had D Mooney for the Bears, and Rob, you took uh, Marvin Jones Jr. last week, who did end up scoring a touchdown. Uh, and our and our our tight ends though is where I got the best of you guys. Okay, both of you took Noah Fant. All right, and he ended up getting banged up. I think on the very first play that he had from the line of scrimmage last week where he re- received the pass and ended up twisting his ankle. And I had Ross Dwelly. I think I outscored both of you by one and a half points. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who would have yeah. thought at that point? <laughs> right? I did. I thought I outsmarted. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, credit there. Credit where it's due at that point. You definitely oh, played him. So <laughs> for sure. I went all in on the 49ers. Come on, Wes. Come on, man. Hey, but, uh, <laughs> Great lineup, Ben. Great lineup. You definitely put those guys in there and got the most out of them last week. So fantastic job. I look forward to picking your brain a little bit here about week 10 on the Baby Bowl because week nine is behind us. And like Coach Ditka says, the past is for cowards, but the Baby Bowl week 10 is a gift. That's why we call it a present. So thank you, Rob, for that present. Anytime. Ditka probably didn't say that exact words, but, you know. (laughs) For the right price, I'm sure he would have. I'm, I'm sure he would have done that. It sounds like Dicka. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did say some of those words in there. I just threw in the baby bowl, but hopefully he doesn't sue us and, and make us want to pay for it, uh, Rob. That's, so that's what we don't want him to do. Hey, that's uh, true. Yes, yes, of course. Now, look, let me remind everybody that they can follow me on Twitter, at Loafinit on Twitter. They can follow Rob Norton on Twitter as well, Norton0723 on Twitter. And Ben, where can they find you on Twitter? That'd be at the extra point FF. All right. And uh, let me remind everybody as well to head over to Anchor FM and look for Fantasy Impact today. You can find us in there and just subscribe to the show on whatever platform you like listening to podcasts on. If it happens to be on the iTunes app, make sure you slap those stars around for us a little bit. And then also leave a comment, leave a review on whatever platform you like listening to the show on. We really do appreciate it and helps the show out a lot. All right, so Ben, I don't know if this is how you construct your baby bowl lineup or your DraftKings lineup if you happen to play those things. But we always like to look at the expected point totals. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you what the three biggest games are as we sit here and marinate on these things. And as our baby bowl contestants all marinate on this, Buffalo and Arizona is uh, projected to be a 56-point total. Seattle and the Los Angeles Rams at 55.5 points. And the Houston versus Cleveland game is sitting at 53 points right now. Uh, you know, Rob, whenever I think about this, I thought about that Seattle game last week, 
And Pete Carroll came out afterward and said, we expected him to run the ball a little bit more. Whether that was coach speak or not, I don't know. But he said, we expected him to run the ball a little bit more, and we were prepared to stop the run. And that's why they passed it all the time. I, I, I really think that was him <laughs> massaging his defense a little bit and trying to keep their their uh, <laughs> their their uh, uh, confidence up a little bit because that whenever Josh Allen throws for what four hundred and fifty two yards or whatever he did, you're just you, you got to take a little hit on the ego. But I think that maybe Buffalo did that on purpose, where they're trying to get Josh Allen that MVP award. And if you think about it, he kind of snatched that out of Russell Wilson's hands last week. And I'm really wondering, Rob, if the same thing's not going to happen in Arizona with Kyler Murray, if he's not going to try and snatch a little MVP trophy out of Kyler Murray's hands as well. Yeah, um, it's funny you mentioned Pete Carroll. He, he he always cracks me up. I love Pete Carroll, but he's he's the most optimistic coach speak coach there is i mean <laughs> when it comes to you know praising his his players you see him on the sideline he's he's animated and you hear him when he's when he's talking even when he's talking about um when he's talking about injuries a guy could look like he's going to be out for the year and you say he'll, he'll say you know we'll see him we'll see him in practice next week and he's just he he, he just cracks me up so I, I i agree i tend to agree with you he probably was uh you know massaging the egos a little bit but in terms of that buffalo game um yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite games on on, on the week. Um, you know, you got. I think I was looking, doing a little research earlier. I saw it was the two um, two fast paced teams, and I think the combined pace contract context neutral is the fastest combined pace among any matchup on on the weekend. So it should be definitely a game with a lot of a lot of plays. Um, you know. Obviously, like you mentioned with Josh Allen uh, and Kyler Murray, it's two high-end quarterbacks, especially for fantasy. Um, two guys that are near the, probably both in the top five for MVP voting at this point. And uh, yeah, I, I love that game. I mean, unfortunately for me specifically, I've used both of them already, so I can't I can't use either one in this in this matchup. Otherwise, I definitely would recommend it. I, I'm not. I don't feel sorry for you one bit, Rob. Yeah. Uh, then, then I think that I I did stumble onto something there. Maybe I need to get, P, get Pete Carroll to go over my lineups each week after I get like 70 points and you guys get 160 or 120. Pete Carroll needs to look at my lineups and kind of massage my lineups a little bit for me to make me feel a little bit better about who I picked that week. Uh, I, yes. I think that could be. See if we can bring uh, Pete Carroll on the pod next week and just you know massage like the you know the the sleeper picks or the galaxy brain picks the Ross Dwellies um you know tell him hey it's okay he outscored uh, you know Noah Fan and you know <laughs> you know he, he, he's out there <laughs> you know <laughs> I'll do it next week I'll do a Pete Carroll impression I'll just stick a bunch of gum in my mouth and just sit there and do that he he was great on the bad lip reading you guys ever watch those the bad lip reading the NFL oh, yeah. ones. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's he's hilarious on those. I feel like you said it's always just a bunch of like lip smacking anytime Pete Carroll's on there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, Ben, those out of those three big games, Buffalo, Arizona, Seattle, Los Angeles, Houston, Cleveland, are you eyeballing any of those quarterbacks from those games to play this week in Baby Bowl, or do you have somebody else in mind? 
Oh, you're going to make me give away the uh, the secrets of the sauce. Don't, don't give away <laughs> the secrets, just hypothetically no, no. speaking. Yeah, um, so like uh, like Rob was saying, unfortunately in the uh, Seattle, um, I'm sorry, the Buffalo-Arizona game, um, I've used both those QBs. Um, it is funny, though, you mentioned a couple of them. Um, haven't used Russ yet. I haven't used uh, Deshaun Watson yet. Um, I have a feeling that uh, one of those two will probably end up in my lineup this week. Um, although there's a uh, there's a rookie out in Los Angeles that I've kind of eyeballed this week as well. I believe they are playing Miami, and uh, not to get off off the three games we're talking about, but kind of got my eye on uh, on Herbert playing Miami this week as well. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong playing Herbert. He's right now he's running away with the Rookie of the Year award, I believe. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, ever since he took over there, um, you know, a couple weeks into the season, it's, uh, I mean, the pace that he's been on is just, I mean, it's insane. I think he, he's well, you know, on pace for well over 4,000 passing yards, which, I mean, if we look back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I mean, that was almost like the gold standard for a season for a quarterback. And now you've got rookies stepping in and not even playing almost the first month of the season. And he's coming in and just, um, I think I saw a uh, a video with Richard Sherman, um, getting interviewed by one of the guys on Pro Football Focus, and and they basically asked him to pick between like some of the top five like young guys um, at quarterback to start a franchise with, and and even Richard Sherman um, said he'd have to go with Herbert at this point, um, just based off the way he's playing and some of the throws that he's been making this year. Ooh, that's that's a big compliment coming from Richard Sherman because he I don't think he really likes quarterbacks all that much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. He's he's trying to find his way into a booth is where he's doing. He's trying to find his way into a booth here after the end of this season, if he even plays anymore this season. All right, so, Rob, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, you m- missing out on the Buffalo-Arizona game, but are you looking for another quarterback from any of the other games? Maybe Jared Goff? Yeah, actually, uh, Goff is definitely high on my list. So, you know, how we, we had talked about, um, you know, we you earlier mentioned how you were kind of counting on your fingers, you know, how many weeks left. So I've been kind of doing the same thing and, you know, I keep, I keep looking and I'm like, okay, well, we got seven, seven games left, seven weeks left. So that means I got to start seven QBs. So I'm kind of like, you know, mapping it out to see if golf is even one of those seven that I, I'd want to start, you know? And, um, because I did the same thing when, when Ben was talking about Drew Locke, um, he was in consideration for me last week as well, but then I thought to myself, I was like, I might, I, I might not even have to use Drew Locke all year. So that was what ended up deciding it for me. And right now I'm kind of going back and forth with, with Goff because if I do want to use him, this is the week to use him. But Herbert is also in my consideration as well, and I'm kind of just weighing the options on if I even want to use Goff at all this whole year or if I just have seven other guys left that I prefer. Yeah, and I see to me. I whenever I think about it, and by all means, everybody knows to fade me at this point. And whenever I think about Herbert, he he's almost bulletproof. You know, it's almost like you could put him out there in any matchup. And with those two two wide receivers that he has on the outside, it really seems like he's able to shine in any of those environments. He's doing this without running backs too, guys. You know, let's let's not forget that. I mean, really, he he doesn't have a great running back staff behind him that's always mixing and matching, and uh, just really an impressive an impressive rookie. Let me ask you this, Rob, because you are our DFS expert. Um, how do you know who to start, Cup or Woods, in that game, that <laughs> Seattle-Los Angeles game? And I know there's all those things, you know, the cornerback versus wide receiver matchups, and you got all these different people putting out all this different content. And as I go back and I look at that content after the week is over, 
it's it's it hits about as much as I could hit it. I think uh, being correct, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's extremely tough. You know, it's I have the same problem with those two as I do with the Seattle guys. Um, you know, every every time like last week, I thought I thought last week for sure for the Seattle guys was a big locket week, and he he was close. I think he got tackled at the one. Uh, one time and he just missed that other touchdown. So it could have been a big locket week, but um, you know, I, th- I thought it was a big locket week last week and it turned out to be not so much. And um, you know, when it comes to the Rams wide receivers um, it's, it's tough because part of me, I loved woods before the year. Um, I wasn't as high on cup. And so I kind of have that little bit of a bias when it comes to that. And I'm, you know, I try to put that aside and cup, you know, he saw, I think it was like 20, 21 targets last week. So it was pretty insane. And he has more targets on the year. So he feels a little bit safer, especially he plays a lot out of the slot, I believe. And and uh, so he has like a better wide receiver corner matchup on paper. Um, one of the things I like about Woods is they do give him rushing attempts, which kind of helps raise the floor a bit. And so I really don't don't know at this point which one I prefer, but I mean, I guess I would say I would lean Cup if I had to choose one or the other. Okay, who would you rather, Ben, Cup or you know, Woods? It's funny Rob says like the bias um, almost from the beginning of the season on on Woods over Cup because I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, it, it, I, for some reason, I just haven't bought in to Cooper Cup. You know, even though all the statistics and the targets and everything tell you that. Then maybe maybe you should. Um, I don't know what it is. I just kind of haven't gotten on on board with him. So um, I mean, I do tend to lean Robert Woods. He he just feels like the better player in my opinion. Um, but I honestly hadn't even seen the stats from last week's game. Um, as I mentioned, I was traveling a little bit on Sunday, so um, I hadn't seen that he uh, Cup had gotten the twenty plus targets. So um, I mean, that's super intriguing. Um, it feels like maybe he could be primed for one of those, uh, you know, breakout games where he, all of a sudden he goes off for two to three touchdowns, especially against um, secondary like Seattle has. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I might be uh, siding with Rob here as well with Cup. It feels like it could be one of those smash weeks where, you know, he's he may be kind of due for something like that. Yeah. Are you eyeballing any other wide receivers outside of those guys, though, this week? I know you've already used up Stefan Diggs. Maybe, maybe you might think it's a John Brown week. Uh, not necessarily from Buffalo. Um, in that one, um, I, I uh, another guy that I haven't used yet is DK Metcalf. Um, but you know, same thing is um, kind of like last week, where you know the corner matchup certainly isn't in his favor. Um, going up against uh, Jalen Ramsey, um, not that uh, not that DK Metcalf is really a fade against anybody at this point. Uh, but in a uh, um, a tournament style, you know, one and done type situation like this, certainly try to pick and choose, I guess, the matchups where you play guys like that. So um, I, I already use Lockett, probably won't be using Metcalf this week just based on the Ramsey matchup. You know, I say that now and uh, and certainly everybody else should probably play him because he's probably going <laughs> to have, you know, two touchdowns and 150 yards or something crazy. But um, um out of that game, I don't think so. I honestly can't remember if I've used the uh, the Rams receivers or not. I might need to go back and double check because now that we're sitting here talking, those uh, you know those two actually both sound <laughs> pretty intriguing out of that matchup. Yeah, DK. <laughs> I think DK Metcalf. If you go back to last week, 
that would be six weeks in a row where he has really hard defensive back matchups, like a, a Ramsey. Or I think, wh- who was it last week? White or something, Travion White, maybe last week for yep. the Buffalo Bills. And so I think he he has that same matchup for like the next five or six weeks uh, until that last week. So that may be a little baby bowl. You want to hold off and wait to use DK Metcalf until that last week. Not sure about that. That's just something I read, though. <laughs> he could be one of those secret weapons at the end of the year when everybody else is throwing out, uh, I don't know, AJ Green at this point, or <laughs> it's, you know, it's like third, their, uh, you know, those third stringers, you know, all of a sudden you got DK Metcalf out there and he puts up 40 at the end of the, the whole thing. AJ Green is not going to be playing the last week of the season with for the Cincinnati Bengals in their two win <laughs> season. Doing, going to be a, that's going to be an Auden Tate week. I'll guarantee you that. Hey, hey. that's a great call. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rob, rank these guys here because they're all similar prices on DraftKings this week. All right, so pick one out of these five. I know that sounds like a lot, but these are all wide receivers here. So just just one, your favorite one out of these five: Will okay. Fuller, Will Fuller versus Cleveland, Tyler Lockett versus the Rams. Mike Evans versus Carolina, DJ Chark versus Green Bay, or Juju versus Cincinnati? Um, it's tough. I, I think I lean Lockett. Um, like, like we talked about with, uh, with before, uh, he's in, you know, I, the highest uh, over-under total of, of any of those guys. And... So, so that's a plus there. Um, plus, like we mentioned, uh, it, you know, with with DK, he might see a lot of he might see a lot of Jalen Ramsey. So, it could be a uh, a locket week. And like I said, I, I said that last week too with him on Trey White or with Trey White on on uh, DK. So you never know. But um, I I would lean locket, and then I'd say Fuller is close second for me. Okay, isn't that hey? Tyler Lockett. Is there anybody in the league with a higher ceiling and lower floor than Tyler Lockett? It's it's crazy. <laughs> he puts up fifty points a week, one week and six points the next week. <laughs> That's crazy. And then the and but here here it is. If you go back and you look at his point totals, that crazy like forty point week he had that very first time when we were all like, "What in the world, Tyler Lockett? Forty something fantasy points or however many it was." Then he had two off weeks. Then he came back at us with a fifty point week after those two off weeks. And guess what, guys? It's been two off weeks again since a huge breakout game. So it might be a locket game. Maybe it's maybe it's every third game. Maybe that's maybe that's why yeah. how Pete Carroll's scheduling it right now. Maybe that's <laughs> it could be. What has happened to Mike Evans, Ben? Is it? Do you think that it's Tom Brady? Do you think it's the system? I mean, I know Jameis Winston was a grip it and rip it kind of a guy, which seems to fall into Mike Evans big body type and everything. And I, I even remember watching him at Texas A&M, I believe it was, whenever uh, Johnny Manziel was there. And, and it, I, I didn't think Mike Evans was going to transition well to the NFL because, be frank with you, he, he seemed kind of lazy in college. And as I thought about it, he probably just didn't have to try as hard as other people because he was just bigger, faster, and stronger, and it just came so easy to him. And I don't know if it's a Tom Brady thing, if it's a Mike Evans thing. What do you think it is, Ben? You know, honestly, I think it's. Uh, I think you kind of hit it on there with the Tom Brady thing because I think Brady's a guy that you know he's not going to go out there and force the ball to any any one receiver or any one pass catcher just because of of the name on the back of their jersey. I mean, he's going to go out there and and throw it to you know Tyler Johnson or you know. Um, 
one of these like third string running backs because they're open. You know, that's the kind of quarterback that Brady's always been. I think that uh, a guy like Mike Evans tends to thrive with a quarterback like a Jameis, who's just a huck it and chuck it type quarterback or a, uh, you know, I think he would pair well with somebody um, like a Matthew Stafford or a Ben Roethlisberger, who's just going to just throw it up there and just say, Hey, go get it. You know, throw it up to my best player because you know, that's who they are. And and he's going to go get it. He's one of those guys. Um, and, and I don't think Mike Evans is, is like you said, I mean, I, I I, I hate to use the term lazy for somebody like that because certainly right. um, he's uh, he's got a lot more passion in his body than myself, yeah. so yeah. it's hard to go out there with something like that. But but I, I understand what you mean. I mean he's kind of almost like a uh, you know it just uh, has always come easy to him, so you don't see him out there just like running these hard routes like some of these other guys and uh, you know things like that. So I mean I think Brady's just always kind of been that quarterback, and and now you've got Mike Evans having to contend with somebody like a, a Brady favorite in Gronk who's probably out there taking a lot of those, um, you know, toss up, toss up balls that maybe should go Mike Evans way or would normally go Mike Evans way. And Brady's going to certainly look to old reliable, you know, Rob Gronkowski at that point. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Rob's Rob, uh, what's going to happen in Cleveland is Jarvis Landry. Now that Obadell Beckham jr. Is not there. And after a bye week is he going to come back to be old Jarvis Landry or, is this just going to be a Chubb hunt game now that Chubb is back? Is he just going to end up there? They're just going to end up grounding and pounding the entire time. And then once again, Baker Mayfield's going to start looking to those tight ends for the touchdowns. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's more of the latter. Um, you know, Jarvis has always been a guy that I've loved in, in fantasy and in real life over the years. And he's always seemed to be like underappreciated and, you know, he just goes out there and catches a ton of passes, but I was really nervous heading into the year on with him this year coming off that hip surgery. And, you know, so it definitely made me nervous and I don't think he's been really fully healthy. So it'll be interesting to see if the, the week off gave him a little bit more rest and he can come out, you know, a bit more, look, look a bit more healthy. Um, but I think the Browns, I think they're, they want their identity to be to ground and pound with those two running backs. I mean, it's basically the best running back tandem in the NFL. And so they, you know, I think that's what they want their identity to be. And then, you know, look at the play action pass off, off of that and, you know, get, get the Baker quick, uh, quick reads and the ball out of his hand quick. I don't think Ben, that we can have any confidence in, the tight ends that are on the leaderboard of those three games that I talked about with those high expected point totals. I don't know that there are any that we can feel really confident in. I know we would love to be able to be confident in Everett or uh, uh, Higby from Los Angeles, but I just, they, you got to throw them in there like the wide receivers. Cause you don't know which one's going to go off that week. Are you looking to any tight ends out of those three games? Or are you looking somewhere else? Yeah. I mean, at this point I'm, I'm certainly, um, I guess trying to fade some of those guys. Um, I'm hoping that some of those guys are maybe just those dart throws at the end of the season when you just got to plug a tight end to your lineup. Unfortunately, in the baby bowl, it's kind of been, I, th- I think that's that one position where, um, if anything, it's going to get real thin here um, after you've used the top top few guys. And unfortunately, we've had some injuries to some of the top guys as well um, with Kittle and uh, and things like that. So, um, I mean, looking at those matchups, I mean, I, I think you kind of hit on it. The Rams, I mean, maybe hope you, you know, pin the tail on the donkey with one of those two um, and choose the right one to play at that point. I mean, honestly, I think I'd go Everett 
based off of how the the distribution has gone between those two. Um, I mean, looking at the other ones, Arizona doesn't really have a tight end to speak of unless you're, you know, real desperate. Um, same with, I mean, Buffalo, I think uh, um, their tight end, the young uh, Dawson Knox. Knox. <laughs> yeah, his, his name was slipping me there for a minute. But I think I saw he was on the COVID list. I don't know if he's back on it or I saw he might be out. So he, at the beginning of the year, was one of my uh, – high upside plays in deeper leagues, but I mean, he's, you know, unfortunately fought injuries this year. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't even know what they have outside of him. I don't think Charles Clay's there anymore. That's the, that's the only name I ever remember from a Buffalo tight end. Um, so yeah, I mean, unfortunately those three games, even in the high scoring affairs, um, they seem to be, uh, you know, the tight end seems to be kind of a fade there at that point. Yeah. Croft. Croft is their other tight end. Don't ask me why I know those. I, I know the third string players better than I know the first string players. I think. <laughs> hey, talk about talk about doing the dart throw things. I have been very successful at using those good big name tight ends. I used Kittle on the week that he got injured. Thank you very much. And I also I used Reed, uh, his backup, on the on the week that he got injured when he was catching a touchdown pass. Thank you very much. So I got almost like zero points out of both of those guys whenever I used them. And Ross Dwelly has outscored both of those guys for me. So <laughs> you've used three San Francisco tight ends at this point, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, that's true. And I'll probably end up using all the Miami ones, too, because Tua, Tua seems to love those tight ends in uh, Miami right now. He's just throwing it to those guys and and what who was it that got hurt for them uh parker's still in but uh uh preston williams he's the other guy he got That's injured right. and and then they traded whoever the other little slot receiver was that they had to to the new england patriots as well so i don't know who two is going to throw the football to yeah well now you got gaskins hurt here as well so it's um i mean uh, jordan howard's not out there catching the ball um and it, what they just trade for uh dwayne no not dwayne washington that's the lion um is it no it's, is, a, is it's the same it guy yeah it's same, same thing guy. same name yep same name so the former raider I, I that's that's the best place i remember him from but uh yeah, so I know they just traded for him right at the trade deadline there as well. So, um, I mean, like you said, tight end might be the best th- best place to look from a, um, from a Tua pass catcher outside of Parker at that point. And and DraftKings, uh, Rob, since I have you on here, DraftKings actually has Mike Davis priced lower than Dwayne Washington this week. If they have Mike Davis. I've never seen anybody fall from that high of a price range down to minimum salary for a running back that quickly. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't believe the, what, like, you know, usually I, I understand why, because, you know, Christian McCaffrey's back. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to drop him because, you know, there's no point. But even if you look at other teams, backup running backs, they're priced higher than that. And he's been one that's succeeded. And so I, and plus, I, I mean, I know like it, it's kind of surprising because usually I, I would think that their algorithm wouldn't, wouldn't spit that price out. So it's, it's definitely, I mean, with McCaffrey looking like he's going to be out, um, I think Mike Davis might be in 100% of my DraftKings lineups <laughs> that come, come this week. I mean, at 4000 the, the minimum, it's just such a good value for a guy that's going to get all the touches. And, yeah, it's a tough matchup, but he's going to get a lot of pass pass work. And, you know, at 4000 it's it's easy to uh, pay off that price. 
Dwayne Washington is 4100 though. And I'm sitting there thinking, what do they know? Why do they have him $100 above minimum salary? <laughs> so you can see who I'm putting in my baby bowl lineup this week, probably, fellas. All right. Who, who else at running back, uh, Rob, are we looking at this week? I don't know that we can trust any of these guys up above uh, as far as the games go, except for maybe a Kareem Hunt or a Nick Chubb. But I don't know if I truck Nick, trust Nick Chubb this week coming off an injury. Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, I haven't, I've used Hunt, but I haven't used Chubb and, you know, he's a consideration, but like you said, like, I don't know. I, I just, it's just too much uncertainty, even though it's a good matchup. I don't think I'm going to go that way. Um, a guy I'm looking at is James Robinson. I haven't used him yet. And that Green Bay defense has been just torn up most of the year by running backs. And even though I don't like the game, there's a little worry for me with James Robinson because he was getting all the pass work, but he, but with, uh, I think Chris Thompson came back last week and you saw a dip in James Robinson's pass usage. So that's like a slight concern to me because um, I project them to be losing as do I'm sure most people. So that's, that's not, it's not encouraging, but he's definitely uh, on my radar. Um, you know, going back to the uh, the backup, the backups. Well, uh, Duke Johnson. If David Johnson sits, I think he's going to be super popular. Um, it's hard to not play those guys when you get the chance, um, considering how we've talked about what what, what kind of guys we're going to be looking at by the by the end of this thing. It's it's hard not to go with a guy, a backup guy that might not have value in the future. So, if if David Johnson's out, Duke Johnson will be in there for me for pretty much for sure. And I'm sure most people will probably have him in there. Yeah, both teams are going to be running that ball in Green Bay. I think that it's going to be close to 30 mile per hour winds there yeah. in Green Bay. So that's something that we got to pay attention to. And I think that that will be a running, running, running game. But you know how Aaron Rodgers likes to play, man. So he hit us, throw it up in the air and let it just drift off to one side or the other. Uh, that'd be fun to watch that game a little bit. What about you, Ben? Who are you looking at for running back? I know uh, Duke Johnson is definitely going to be a popular play, especially a revenge game going up against Cleveland. But are you looking at anybody else? Yeah, I mean, uh, Duke Johnson's definitely one. Um, speaking of revenge games, um, another one that I'm kind of eyeballing this week is uh, potentially Adrian Peterson going up against Washington um, mm. for the Lions. Uh, you know, like you said, that's going to be a game where they're going to be uh, going to be pounding the ball. I expect it to be a close one. I mean, it's a uh, you know not the most exciting matchup um, to to probably watch um, on TV, but you know, looking from a fantasy perspective, um, you know, the Lions have committed to Adrian Peterson this year um, for you know, for better or for worse, unfortunately, for DeAndre Swift. But, um, I, I mean, I see a game like this where it wouldn't honestly surprise me to see them give Adrian Peterson the ball, you know, potentially 20 times in a, uh, a revenge game from Washington, who, you know, certainly cut him just before the beginning of the season this year. Um, I think I saw a quote that Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, naturally wants to show Washington um, what it is that they're missing out on, you know, the old like scorn lover type quote there. So he's, uh, you know, he's, he's going out there with a chip on his shoulder this week. So, um, might see a pretty decent, uh, workload out of him, especially at a cheap price, whether it's on DFS or, you know, as one of those, Hey, I need to play a guy so I don't use up all my studs and baby bull. Um, and then even looking across the field in that same game, um, I've seen a lot of reports that Gibson, um, for Washington maybe out this week uh-huh. or he's at least missed I think the first couple practices so far so um, even JD McKissick um, could definitely be a, 
a solid PPR play this week, um, especially going up against a, a real porous Lions run defense. So wouldn't certainly wouldn't surprise me to see McKissick um, potentially touch the ball 15 plus times against the Lions this week. Ooh, Ben C bringing the heat this week with that AP take. <laughs> and, and you're a Detroit fan. The only thing I disagree with you about on that Adrian Peterson uh, take is that he just doesn't seem like that vengeful of a man. Okay. No, it, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> he's, ne- he's never been an angry guy. <laughs> you remember that look that he gave Sean Payton on the sideline of the yes. New Orleans Saints when he's just sitting there staring <laughs> at him? Yeah, I expect that like that mean mug that you saw in that uh, in that clip. I expect that just like the whole whole game here in Washington this week, just kind of running down the field, staring down the sidelines. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually think the Washington football team and Ron Rivera did cut him somewhat out of respect for him to be able to go to a different team, a contender, because the Washington football team was not going to be in contention to win a Super Bowl this year. So I almost think that they were doing him a favor. There had to be some kind of – Ron Revere wouldn't do that to a veteran like that right beforehand if he wasn't pretty secure that uh, Adrian Peterson was going to find a landing spot. That's just not That's just not how Ron Revere usually deals with things. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you there. I mean, I, I definitely respect Ron Rivera as a coach, um, 100%. And uh, and I, I certainly don't think that they would just, just cut him, especially after everything that happened with uh, with Darius Geis, you know, prior to the season. So, right. um, you know, they, they kind of cut that veteran, um, you know, leadership uh, out of the backfield there. But, um, you know, at the same time, I don't think Adrian Peterson's <laughs> the, the type of guy that's going to look at it that way. It's, uh, it's <laughs> So I'm sure he's just ready to just take it to him at this point. No, I don't think he is. He's, he's definitely going to take it to him. Definitely AP is that kind of guy. Uh, Rob, I appreciate you, as always, getting all this together. One of the things I talked to you about is is uh, I wish defenses were on here, so it, it'd make it a little bit more challenging just to start crossing defenses off the board, too, at Baby Bowl. I don't know how, we're going to, how you're going to do this next year, but I look forward to participating with you again with this in Baby Bowl 2021. Yeah, Wes, I appreciate you having me on every week as usual. And yeah, like you like you said, we'll we'll have to think about it and uh, kind of look into it. And you know, I, I, when it gets more towards the end of the year, I, I plan on you know reaching out to everyone and also the group as a whole, and you know, kind of asking um, the group as a whole and also everyone individually, you know, what if they had any good ideas for the future, and you know, kind of get a crowdsource of it and you know if it's if it's popular enough we we might see some uh defenses implemented next year i don't, know if I, I don't know if i can go as far as, 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 as I, I was trying to jump in before you brought them i don't even know if i can go that far <laughs> okay I mean, I, I, i'm not sure about kickers either kickers are people too but you know <laughs> it's 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 tough it's tough but no yeah um you know we'll we'll see what happens for next year but it's it's been it's definitely been fun and to everybody out there that is participating in the Baby Bowl, we do appreciate you doing that in this Baby Bowl 2020 season. Even though it has been a little bit unique, I think all of us have been introduced to a very unique scoring system, and it has challenged our fantasy minds a little bit more. So I will encourage all of the Baby Bowl listeners out there and all the Baby Bowl participants, hey, let's continue this momentum. Let's continue to hype this up because this has been a, not only is it for a great cause with the March of Dines, but it's also uh, just, just a great contest in and of itself, even if it wasn't participating in some kind of charity event but couple that with charity and it makes it twice as nice in my opinion it makes it twice as nice and ben you were twice you're better than nice than all of us this week uh, with your championship lineup very good job ben and it's great to have you on the show 
Yeah, appreciate that, and uh, appreciate you bringing me on for the week, and certainly hope uh, hope we can do it again because that only means that you know I had another uh, number one overall week, but it's <laughs> definitely good uh, good being on with you guys. It was a lot of fun tonight. No, great job, and you can find Ben over on Twitter, Ben C on Twitter at the Extra Point FF on Twitter. I'll have that all in the show notes and everything. And of course, you can find Rob Norton, who will drop his article this Friday ish, around Friday, and he'll, I'm sure he'll he'll put that there, and and we'll be able to tweet all that out and everything inside that Baby Bowl chat room at Norton zero seven two three. And you can find me on Twitter as well at Loafinet on Twitter. And don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Head over to Anchor FM, whatever listening platform you like to listen to podcasts on. You can find us over there. If it happens to be on that iTunes app, make sure you slap those stars around, leave a comment. Don't forget to subscribe. But more importantly than all those things, all of us here from the Baby Bowl want to encourage you to go out into the world and find and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 